you're right, with great power comes great responsibility and the opposite is also true. With great responsibility comes great power. When we take responsibility for our life, we have great power to make things better. So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all wanna create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we wanna do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. It's April 10th. It's about, uh, gosh, a quarter to 11 o'clock in the morning, 2020. And boy, you know, I think I've said um, unprecedented times, an unprecedented number of times in the last three and a half weeks. So first of all, I want to say to you, I hope that you and your family and your loved ones and, and your tribe uh, you know, are doing everything in your power uh, to stay mentally sharp and to move everything forward during these trying times. Um, as literally as we're recording this, it's, you know, this will be out in just a few days. Um, and there's no doubt, you know, Easter Sunday right around the corner. Now, you know, a couple of days behind you as you're listening to this. Um, I just interviewed Dr. Daniel Amen, and we were talking about how these times, how important it is to have brain health how important it is to stay mentally sharp and serendipitously the the timing is perfect the last time i interviewed this guy um the podcast went off because i mean jim quick is is known around the world as like the guy if you want to have limitless possibility and tap into that there is no one better than jim quick i was very lucky i got an advanced copy of his book jim thank you very much and when you look at the people that are saying how amazing this guy is, starting with Will Smith, as in the actor, uh, the CEO of Fast Company. I mean, it just goes on and on. Gerard Butler, who I watched a film of last night. Um, so many people that we know around the world, A-Rod, Jack Canfield. Um, I mean, the, I got I to gotta flip to it because there's so many pages of this. Uh, the late, great Stan Lee, who I know you were connected to. So many people understand and want what Jim Quick has. So so in this podcast, what I've asked him to do is talk to us today about this concept, this new book he's written called Limitless, Upgrading Your Brain, Learn Anything Faster, and Unlock Your ex, your, your Exceptional Life. I almost said exponential, but it really is. It's both, right? So Jim, first of all, listen, you're in New York City. I'm in California. Man, thank you so much for being on the podcast this morning. Um, tell, us, tell us about the origin of this book. And this is your first book, correct? This is, I, I know you, you have, you have a number of books. This is my, this is my first. So I appreciate your counsel. Your last time I was on your show, we were talking about the potential of writing it. And it's, uh, you know, I've been teaching for 28 years and uh, that's a, the question I got the most was, you know, they, people assume I have like four books or, or 30, as long as you've been doing this, right? It's, um, but I'm, I'm really proud of this book. This is, I put my, 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 my mind, my heart, my whole, my, my soul into it. And originally actually it was a textbook. It was a textbook, um, of sorts of methods. It was yes. things that you and I have talked about in previous episode on how to read faster, how to learn languages, how to remember yes. databases, scripts, you know, all that great content. Um, but I realized that my, the thing with me, and I know you're much the same, is 
you know, knowledge alone is, doesn't give you power. So it's only when we act on it. And so many people buy books and they don't use it or they even, if yeah, that's even if they read it and it sits yes. on their shelf and it becomes shelf help and not self help. And uh, my, my goal is this is the book. It's kind of like you're watch Lord of the Rings. It's, this of is course. the ring that rules the other ring. This is the book that will help you learn all other books because it's a book on this thing called meta learning, learning how to learn. The book yes. has chapters dedicated to focus, dedicated to speed reading, dedicated to memory enhancement. The largest chapter is actually improving your memory. As we've talked about, you know, on, on your show that, you know, two of the most costly words sometimes in business are I forgot. You know, I forgot to do it, forgot to bring it, forgot what I was gonna say, forgot the meeting, forgot your name, forgot the client information, product, whatever, right? Every time we lose, time and lose credibility. So yeah, I'm very proud of the book. And it's, it's really a passion project because I, I, it's about, you know, what I kind of leave behind. Yeah, you live by these, this formula, learn so you can earn, so you can return. Learn, earn, and then you have more to be able to return. And this is, we're donating all the, the pre-launch proceeds to build schools as we have for 10 years, everywhere from Guatemala to Kenya, and also fund Alzheimer's research because I lost my grandmother to Alzheimer's when I was very young. And so those kind of things leave an impact. But, um, but yeah, Limitless is not about being perfect. It's about progressing and advancing beyond what you believe is possible. Yes, it's a framework for accelerated learning, but also it is a formula for unlocking human potential. When we talk about Limitless, I think the, the Limitless resource that we have on planet Earth is, is, is the human mind. There's no yes. limit to our creativity. There's no limit to our ability to solve problems. There's no limit to our imagination. There's no limit to human determination. And, um, and I really wrote this as an owner's manual for your brain and uh, how to operate at that the best for, for, for the best kind of results. So, Well, and, and I will tell you for all my listeners out there, I would argue that this is, you know, this is a, you know, this is a hard time for a lot of people. And yet I would say, um, and, and Jim, you know, this, this is also the time when the very best people sharpen their ax. This is when we, you know, the old metaphorical story of the two ax men, only one's going to get the job. And the manager says, go. And, and one just starts chopping and the other one takes 45 minutes to an hour and sharpens his ax. And we both know who won the job. And to your point, like my tribe, my community, you know, our entrepreneurs, tech people, uh, you know, young professionals, real estate professionals, people in finance, people in the mortgage space. And you said it earlier, like, the difference between the difference that makes the difference in my opinion is mental capacity, right? If everybody has the same tools, if everybody has the same software, if everybody has the same like marketing, the same script, who wins? I would argue it's the person that has the greatest brain strength, right? And I was, I was going back through the book and, and I love the fact that chapter four is how to read and remember this and any book. So many, so many people, have a hard time like really capturing information, be able to process it. So I thought let's let's just jump in before I I do want to talk about um, the mindset, motivation, and method, the whole model. I want to get into that, but but I'm going to save that for a minute, and let's go right at people right now. You are known as this memory expert, right? Like you know, I've seen YouTube videos of you where you like basically go through and you memorize every single person's name in the audience, and and people just think like they think he's you're a magician, but you say this is a learned skill. So talk to us about chapter four. How do I, how do I increase my ability to remember and recall and then act on it? I love this question because that, that's why the book originally, you mentioned the three parts of the framework was all method. Yeah. 
And I just thought that my question, my dominant question was, will people get the results that they're hoping for by, by doing this? And right. the answer was no, because there are a lot of things that people know they should do, but they don't do it. Because let's say I teach them how to remember names, but their mindset is, oh, I'm stupid, or I'm not smart enough, or I have a horrible memory. That's going to keep them in a box. So I'm always going to refer back to this box where you somebody feels stuck. So I want everyone, we'll make this interactive, right? I want everyone to think about an area of their life where they're not making progress, where they feel like they're being held back. It could be in their relationships. It could be in their career. It could be in their contribution. It could be in their physical body, right? It could be in their mind in terms of, oh, I really want to be able to, you know, remember these things or read a book a week or learn other languages. Once you think about the box where you just feel like you're feel like contained and, um, and a box has three dimensions, right? And the three dimensions or forces that keep us in that box are that mindset, motivation, and methods. And we'll go into it. Now, one of the keys to accelerated learning is asking better questions. And you know this, when you win, when you do it, influence, to be able to persuade, to be able to gain rapport, to be able to sell, a lot of it is a discovery process. And questions really become the answer. And so three dominant questions I would encourage everybody to ask themselves as they're listening to this conversation, as well as on being on summits and online courses and, and reading books. Number one question, how can I use this? I mean, get, get really clear on and ask repetitively, how can I use this? I'm obsessed with this question uh, because what happens is questions Primarily, your brain is a deletion device, and we're trying to keep information out. And there's a billion stimuli that we could be paying attention to, and what do we allow in are the things that we care about. And there's only a handful of things that actually get through. And one of the things that allows you to bring that information in is the questions that we ask. And in the book, I talk about the 50 to 70,000 thoughts we have a day and how a lot of those thoughts come in the form of questions. Um, in fact, thinking is this process, as you know, of asking and answering questions. And so what are the questions you're constantly asking yourself? You know, I have a friend, we went through a process in the book and she's like, my question is, how do I get people to like me? And that was really revealing for her because, yes. you know, her, you don't know how old she is or what she does for a living or what she looks like or ethnicity, where she lives or any, any of that. But you know a lot about her. Somebody is obsessed with the question, how do I get people to like me? I mean, what's her life? What's her personality like? You know, yeah. it's, it's, it just molds, it's, it, it's, it, she's a martyr. She's always people pleasing and you know all this stuff and you know one question. And so one of my dominant questions is, how can I use this? How can I apply this? The second question to take knowledge and turn in real power is why must I use this? Why must I use this? And, um, you know, you, we, you know, I recommend a lot of books. One of them is Start With Why and by Simon Sinek, who also gave one of the cover endorsements for the book. And, uh, you know, find out why, because if you don't have reasons and there aren't consequences, you're not going to do that thing. And we talk about that in the motivation section. And then finally, after you ask, how can I use this? As you're asking it right now, why must I use this? Because there's no energy to be able to fuel like the, the behavior. The third question is an interesting one. When will I use this? When will I use this? I think one of the most powerful underrated tools that we have for productivity and performance is our personal calendar. And we schedule meetings with uh, clients, with investors, with shareholders, with doctor's appointments for the kids, but we don't schedule all the time our own growth. 
and are dealing with the application of things. And sometimes you don't schedule that workout or that meditation or what have you. It's the last thing and you don't get it done. And so I would say, when will I use this? So it goes from your head to your heart, to your hands. All the reasons, all the things that you know, apply is you can apply it in your head. You know, the why must I use it in your heart and when with your hands or actually, are you gonna do it? And so that's one of the ways you could be a, a faster learner is asking and obsessing about those three dominant questions. And so um, that I believe questions are the answer because, and also even what's going on in the world right now, you and I were chatting about it before, before we started yeah. recording every, yeah. you know, the, how, how a lot of people are just singularly focused on what's going on in the media and they just cannot turn off the news. And I, and, and fine, it's okay to know what's going on. And, but if it, at some point it, bec it becomes like you have to ask yourself this question when you're binge watching television you know for you know eight hours you have to ask your question is 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 this worth it you know yeah. is, is there a return on this and i'm not saying that people can't grieve or they can't feel bad and they can go through uh you know the spectrum of human emotions i'm just saying going back to this how your brain works you have this amygdala that's being hijacked by fear because as human beings, you know, we have to survive. And if you start, you know what it is, Tom, it's kind of like social media has an algorithm. If you go through and yeah. you just like all the pug pictures, all the dog pictures and comment and share all the dog pictures, they just start showing you more dogs. Yeah. And if you yeah. just start looking at, the, at what's dark in the world and then you just start the life starts feeding you all that in, in your perception and you can't focus on everything. And so you don't, you're not focusing on opportunity. You're not focusing on what you could be grateful for. Yeah. You're not focusing on the other things. And so you have a limited bandwidth of focus. And one of the ways we control our focus is through the questions that we ask. And so, the, you know, it's interesting to ask what's your dominant question? Like, what do you think, dry, you know, that, that question that you ask all the time? And also, what do you think your spouse or your significant other asks? That would explain a lot of their behavior. What do you think your yeah. kids ask? You know, what do you think your customer is asking on a consistent basis? Because it would explain a lot of their, their behavior. A hundred percent. So I love just going back to the three questions. How can I use this? Uh, why must I use this? And then when will I use this? So, so let's... Let's unpack just again, because you're the expert of this, just, is it just that? Is it asking myself the three questions? If I want to remember somebody's name, if I want to remember, you know, if I want to remember critical details of a transaction or, or just recalling when I need to call that person. Absolutely. I mean, a big part of that is the, when we go into the model, this, the second part of the model is, is motivation and human motivation. I remember I was giving a talk. And there might be a little bit of noise. I happen to be in the heart of New York City right now. So you might All hear a, a siren. And this is actually a wonderful opportunity also to, to, to mention that distraction is a muscle and yes. focus is a muscle. And, you know, one of the reasons why I meditate is not just to go, is not to go into this enlightened, you know, Zen state. Part of the reasons I meditate is to train my focus. And yes. when I pull back my focus or my awareness back to my breathing or to a mantra, I get to build those focus muscles. So even if you do hear a siren or two in the background, yeah, oh, you know, man. you know that it allows you an opportunity to practice because everything is practice. Whatever yes. we're doing consistently, we get better at. And if it's picking up your phone and going through and looking at all the, the social media and uh, you know what's going on in the world, then that's going to control your focus. It's going to control how you feel. It's going to control all your behavior. And by the way, just to make a comment on this consistent, constant stress. And I know Dr. Amen talks about this a lot. It shrinks your brain. 
Yes. You know, chronic stress shrinks your brain. And chronic fear actually compromises our immune system. It makes us more susceptible to colds, to flus, you know, to viruses also as well. And so, you know, one of the ways is to control our focus through the power of our questions. Now, going back to remembering names, going back to that second question, why must I remember this person's name? Yeah. Because if you don't have a reason, you won't get the result. And yeah. maybe coming up with a reason like, hey, I wanna, I wanna start a business, I wanna start a relationship, I wanna make a new friend, I wanna show the person respect, I wanna practice these things I learned on you know, Tom's episode. You know, because I heard Jim Rohn says, what you practice in private, you're rewarded for in public, right? Yeah. And so coming up with a reason will help you to remember that name. In fact, because I believe genius leaves clues that when you do, you don't remember all names, but you don't forget all names either. And I bet you the names that you tend to remember unconsciously, you had a motivation. You know, they could have been a, a, a big, you know, whale of a client that you're you, or maybe you're attracted to that person. There's some kind of inherent feeling because it, Information by itself is forgettable, but information combined with emotion becomes unforgettable. And people know this. You know, there could be a song that could take you back to when you're a teenager. There could be yeah. a fragrance or food that could take you back to when you're a child. But there wasn't a lot of emotion around the periodic table. And so most people don't remember it. Yeah. So you've said a lot there. And, and one of the things that, that always inspires me every chance we get to connect is is truly how limitless you are the way you think the way you process and how much information you take on and take in one of the one of the things you mentioned earlier was i want to go back to the media just for a second because i think so many people today jim um i don't care i mean i talk to people all over the world as you do and and there is i, I look at it as like there's three kinds of people right now there's people that are in a state of panic right they're just and you and i both know the people that are in a panic today are almost always in a panic just for a different reason, right? Panickers just panic, right? And then there's a group of people right now, and the one that I'm, I'm actually very nervous about are the ones that I say are just ghosting everything. They're just hiding, right? And in the real estate world, you know, like even to, you know, as we're recording this, this afternoon, I'm going to be doing a show called This Week in Housing. And we're going to talk about the job markets and we're going to talk about job loss. And, and there are some, you know, there's some horrific numbers in there and then I remind my real estate clients, hey, some of you furloughed yourself because you just stopped working, right? There's transactions being done everywhere. And, and this, this group in the middle is who I want you to speak to. And it's not, it's not my typical listener right now, but it's the person that they're going to send this to. And by the way, if you just got this from a friend, it's because they love you. It's because they care about you. What do you say to that person that is just stuck in that place they're, they're not depressed, but they just, they feel helpless in this environment. You're talking about limitless and they're coming from a place of helpless. What do you say to that person? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, our, we had the option of moving this book to the fall, you know, yeah. in the midst of everything. And then a lot of authors took that option. I, I, I purposely intentfully had it come out on schedule because this is a book more than just speed reading and memory. It's about managing our minds. It's about tapping into our purpose. It's about how to optimize our focus and our productivity when working from home, when, when you're out, when you don't have the structure. It's about supporting your kids when they're not in school anymore. And so everything comes back down, back down to the brain. What I would say to the people in, in that middle group is, and I'm, I'm the same way, I tend to attract people who are, are either really struggling and they're, they're in some kind of pain and they, they want to alleviate that because that's just searching for help. Or are there people you know, like, that also like your audience that are doing very well and they yeah. 
then they subscribe to consistent, you know, level of elevation of their learning and their growth. That's why they are where they are. It's the people sometimes in the middle that if they don't feel that, uh, they get very comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and they can distance themselves and maybe t and, and use this time. And, and I'm saying, again, I, I, I don't want to dictate what people are going to do with their time. That, that's their life. They could do that. But I'm just saying, I open the book. I have this quote from a French philosopher that says, life is the C between the B and the D. Life is C between B and D. And people are thinking I'm speaking in tongues. B stands for birth. birth. D yeah. stands for death. C, life, stands for choice. That at any given time, we always have a choice. That right now, difficult times that we're facing right now, difficult times, they can diminish us. Difficult times can define us or difficult times can develop us. We decide, we always have that choice. You mentioned Stan Lee and I mentioned this in our previous episode that when I was taking him out to dinner one night, um, I asked him in the car, who's your favorite superhero? And he says, without a pause, Iron Man. And he says, yeah. Jim, who's your favorite superhero? And he had this big Iron uh, Spider-Man tie. And I said, Spider-Man, without a pause. He goes, Jim, with great power comes great responsibility. responsibility. And I, I reversed it in my mind. And I said, you know, you're right. With great power comes great responsibility. And the opposite is also true. With great responsibility comes great power. When we take responsibility for our life, we have great power to make things better. Because what's the alternative? That we don't take responsibility and we're just a victim, right? And maybe we can't control you know, what's going on necessarily in outside in the external world, in the economy, but you can control your own economics and your own, yeah. your own finance. You can't control necessarily what's going on in the health of, of the world or healthcare, but you can control that and influence your own healthcare and your family's healthcare. And so yeah. what can you control and what can you step up on? But you need a reason. You still, that person in the middle won't make, it's been my experience, will not make a change unless they could feel the consequences of taking an action and the consequences of not taking an action. And so, and then that's part of our own onus in terms of where we put our focus. Because, you know, I had a friend recently, um, more of an acquaintance that had a heart attack and that had a triple bypass surgery and still did not change their lifestyle. And we know that lifestyle has a big impact, you know, on, on certain lifestyle driven diseases. And, but it wasn't until his daughter came to him crying and just pleading to him, you know, talking about how he, she wants him there to, to walk him, walk her down the aisle and, 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 and not till he felt it. And then all of a sudden instant lifestyle change because the reason was, was felt. And so I would say to that person in the middle, you know, it's your life. And yes, everything that's happened to this point, you, we are a product of our past, but right now we are responsible for our present and going forward into the future. And so maybe that, you know, when we're going through it, and I understand everyone has their trials and their adversity, but adversity, you know, could be an advantage. And it's really our, and it could build strength. You know, I use, I feel like we're cocooning right now. Everyone is going into a cocoon and it's a great metaphor for life cycles and business cycles, yep. right? A metamorphosis. And while the beauty is in the butterfly, the growth happens in that cocoon. And it's interesting because you can't, the, the, that butterfly has to struggle to get out because actually what happens is, you know, I tell a story where 
you know, a boy has a butterfly, has a caterpillar in a jar. Mom says he can keep it as long as he takes care of it. And so he puts leaves in there for the caterpillar to eat and puts a tree branch for it to climb. And then one day he's watching it and it spins a cocoon around itself. And he's just, boy, in utter amazement, bewilderment, never seen anything like this. And just watches and watches and watches patiently. And then one day there's like a little crack in the cocoon and he could see the caterpillar or this, this creature trying to come out and it's really, really struggling. It is struggling hard. And uh, boy gets a little impatient, runs inside the house, grabs scissors, walks back out because he knows he's not supposed to run with scissors and, help, and clips the hole open. And as soon as he clips it open, this creature comes out, but it doesn't look like what he was expecting. It doesn't look like that butterfly. The body's all swollen and the, the wings are very shriveled. And he's just waiting for it to transform and take flight and it still doesn't. And he goes in crying to the mother and the mother looks and says, what happened? What did you do? And he say, tugs, explains how he cut open the hole with the scissors. He's like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. It's, it's when, the, when that creature is coming through the hole that it actually pushes the swelling, the fluids from the body into the wings and it nourishes the wings so they could grow stronger and it builds strength so it could actually fly. And I feel like Right now, we're in a cocoon. We're alone in, um, you know, with our doubts. We're alone sometimes with our fears. And we, if we don't conquer our mind, you know, there's certain things that we could use this cocooning time to be able to elevate ourselves. Because what's the alternative? I'm not saying that people can't grieve and feel bad about what's going in the world. But at what point does it become not productive to getting the result right. that we want? And so, you know, a few things people could be doing while they're cocooning. For me, I'm, I'm focusing on at least five things. Number one, clarity. What a wonderful time to reset, uh, you know, and yeah. check in with our values, right? The, the whole planet has had a, a reset. And how do you find out your values? Just like you would with a potential client, ask them, you know, what's most important to you in, 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 a, in a property or what's most important to you in investment? What's most important to you in life? What's most important to you in a relationship? What's most important to you in your contribution? You know, what feeds your soul? These are the things that you'll, will get self-awareness as a superpower and it'll give you, you know, your values. And then asking the question, are my actions, are my actions that I'm taking aligned with my values? And so this time for, you know, talk about clarity, Solitude gives you time to self-reflect, you know, because sometimes we don't have that time because we're just in the hustle and we're in the bustle. We don't take a pause and solitude can be a gift in that way. Um, the second C I would say that people could do right away is use this time for care, meaning this is an opportune time to check in with your body and not just physical hygiene. We, we know we should be washing our hands and sanitizing yeah. in six feet, but I mean mental hygiene, you know, like... I mean, and then this is the other thing, like we say social distancing, but you and I are being social right now, you know? And so it's, it's physical distancing. We have to physically distance ourselves, but we can still be social. What my concern is people who are, like you said, in that middle part that are not only are they socially distancing, but they're, they're emotionally distancing. Yes. They are, they are mentally distancing themselves, you know, and, and, you know, and we are, we are social creatures. And so, you know, part of self-care is, you know, building community and connecting like you and I, we're, we're, we're doing before we start recording as friends and catching up, you know, about our, about our, our families and our health and wellness. And I think that's important. So how can you care? So I do chapters upon chapters in the book on, on, on brain care right, on the things that I do, the, the best brain yep. foods, yes. how to optimize your sleep, you know, real 
ways you could cope with stress and mitigate that stress, real tangible things, 10 things. And so care is number two. I would say number three, what we could be doing besides having using this time of cocoon to get clarity on our life, getting clarity um, you know, on, on our purpose, we could also, and care, is uh, we could contribute. I mean, I think one of the ways to get out of, you know, to reduce fear and anxiety is to focus on somebody else. Yes. You know, how can we invest our time, our talent, our treasure to, to make a difference? And it doesn't have to be a big global difference. It could be calling up and FaceTiming a neighbor, you know, and checking in. Maybe they're, they're, they're older and just making sure that they, they, they have food, you know, in, something, in some unique way. Like for us, for contribute, we're contributing. We're doing regular lives like you also as well. And we're checking in with our community. We know all the schools are down. So we're doing on Instagram and Facebook these regular office hours where I'm teaching them, you know, their, their kids you know, and how to learn, how to learn, how to focus, how to study all the classes we weren't taught in school, you yeah. know, to be able to contribute in our way. But how can we make a contribution? And then again, it, it, the way you do it, it gets you out of that. Like I have this, you know, this little, these butterflies, talking about butterflies, when I, before I go on stage, you know, it's just me growing up labeled broken and traumatic brain injury and put in all these special learning challenge class, you know, categories, you know, I get a little nervous getting the spotlight, but what gets me out when I go on stage you know, like you and I, we share stages together and I get nervous, but then I just focus on contributing. I focus on that yeah, person yeah. in that audience that needs to hear that one thing, right? And that gets me out of totally out of my fear by service. And so contribution is another one. And then I would say create, you know, like how can you be creative over this period of time? Because I believe the future belongs to the people who utilize their minds. Where, where sure, certainly we see jobs even before this, this global incident, you know, where jobs are being going to automation, they're going to artificial intelligence. And, you know, what makes us human? I mean, our creativity, our ability to solve problems, our, our ability to emotionally connect, you know, our, our ability to, our, you know, our, our determination, all these things. And so what can you be creative, create right now while you're offline? You've always wanted to be able to, to write that book or make those videos or make those brochures, whatever. You, wonderful time to create. And we, and we know throughout history, you see these memes online where, you know, during the Great Plague, Shakespeare he had to socially distance himself and he came up with like, you know, uh, came out with all his best works of art, Anthony and Cleopatra and everything else. You know, there was like a renaissance for him personally. You know, Isaac Newton, he had London, you know, they closed down his university. He had to go home and that's when the apple fell on his head and he came up with the theories of, of motion and the theories of gravity. I mean, what can we produce? And, you know, during this time, what can we create? And maybe we could you know, this could be some of the most creative times of our life where we're not having this, you know, the normal distractions. So that's number four. And then finally, number five, I would say the fifth C, capabilities. Like you always, people always said, oh, I'll learn sales and negotiation and, 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 and bonding port tactics and everything is public speaking or Spanish or speed reading when I have time. Well, yeah. a lot of the population has time now. So you have your to-do list, but what's on your to-learn list? And right now, like so much information right here, like even in this conversation, it's free and it's on, we have unfettered access to it. And so are you scheduling time, you know, even 30 minutes a day to listen to a podcast or to read a book or to level up capabilities in, in some format? And so five C's, you know, I would, I would, I, that I feel like that if people put their energy in the yeah, area yeah. that lights them up 
Um, people, some people feel burnt out. They say they're doing too much. And it's always been my observation that the majority of the people that say they're burnt out because it's not because you're doing too much. It's because you're doing too little of the things that light you up that make you feel more, more alive. Or you're doing those things and you're not allowing yourself to feel the contribution. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work and the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. I got to tell you, I know for the people listening right now, and you're, you're probably going rewind, start over, rewind, start over. But I, I already have three pages of notes and I'm the interviewer. I am like, this, this is like, this is one of the most special moments of my day. Cause I just get to connect with Jim and just absorb all of his insight. So I got to hit you with, with two questions in, in the book on the chapter specifically in motivation, right? You talk about overcoming procrastination and, and one could argue, Jim, that now more than ever, as we sit here, the, the listeners listening to this, you know, oh, you know, Wednesday next week, as we sit here and record this on April 10th and, and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, forever. This has been a source of, of pain for people forever. And you got a whole, like a whole section on it. Give us some insight on overcoming procrastination, especially during these times. Okay, here we, here we go. So there, there are three M's to become limitless. And just the, the 60 second overview, and then because I'm going to go into motivation, so we have context, is the book was the third M, which was all methods. And I realized that a lot of people know what to do, but they don't do what they know. We know that common sense is not often common practice. And so this book really is three books in one. And I want everyone to picture a Venn diagram, three intersecting circles that, that overlap a little bit. It's kind of like Mickey Mouse. You have two ears that are intersecting and one face. And so three circles. Let's say the top left one, even if you're not writing it down, just imagine it. And for those of you who say you can't imagine it, just imagine you can imagine it, okay? The top left one is your mindset. And I love your shirt, by the way. <laughs> it's your mindset. And for me, mindset really is, uh, it's, it's our assumptions and our attitudes towards something, right? About our assumptions and attitudes towards the world, our attitudes, assumptions about what's going on right now, um, you know, our attitudes, assumptions about ourselves. So what would fall in that circle are things like what I believe is possible, what I believe I'm capable of, because that's going to affect your performance. If you know what you believe you're capable of, what you believe it is even possible, what you believe you deserve. Let's talk about, I mean, let's address that. Yeah. Some yeah. people could feel like that they know the methods of how to be able to, to, be able to grow a, a real estate business, right? But at some level, there's a mindset shift in terms of they don't think they're capable of it, even though they see so many you know, studies and cases of people in your community have done it. You know, for some reason, they don't feel like they can do it, or they, at some level, they don't feel like they deserve you know, to be able to have that success or deserve that relationship or deserve to be healthy, you know? And so let, that's mindset. Attached to that, that next circle is motivation. And motivation is so key. And now when I say motivation, I understand that some words are very loaded and they have, you know, they, they're attached to it, have, you know, people have certain beliefs and feelings around it. A lot of people, when they hear the word motivation, they're thinking about getting excited in the moment. They go to an event like yeah. yours or mine, they get very motivated. But then the next day, some of them do not do what they, the evidence that we're motivated is not what you say. It's not what you feel. It's what you do. 
right? That's yeah. the only way if somebody's saying, oh, I'm really motivated, but they're not doing that thing. They're not working out. They're not making the calls. They're not doing the thing, making the, then they're not really motivated no matter what they say, right? Because it's better well done than well said. Now there's a three-part formula that I've discovered for sustainable motivation. When people hear the book title Limitless, some people think about the, the movie with Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro, where Bradley goes from zero to hero by taking a pill and all of a sudden he has focus, he learns a language, he, he writes his book you know, in a very short period of time. He has this incredible memory, right? All, a lot of things I promise in the book, like how to read faster, how to learn languages, all those things, but he gets a surge of motivation. But when that pill wears off 24 hours later, he goes back to like, there's no drive, there's no energy that's there. And so my thing is having sustainable motivation. And so there's the three part formula for motivation. And this is really the antidote to procrastination. So if you think about an area where you know what to do, but you're not doing it, one of the three things are missing. All right. So it's P times E times S3. P times E times S3. And how I came up with it is I did this thought experiment. I'm like, Jim, you know, we're, we, we're applying, you know, the most recent neuroscience applied to accelerated learning and cognitive performance, and also 28 years of field testing. Everyone from children with learning difficulties to seniors that are early stage dementia to a lot of the high performers that you, that you mentioned, right? And you see that these patterns. And I think genius really is pattern recognition, the ability to see patterns, like see patterns in the market, see, see, see patterns in people's health, you know, what they're doing that there's always a method behind what looks like magic. So when I memorize 100 people's names and audience, you know, as it looks like a magician, I also pull the curtains back and say, here's the method behind what looks like magic, right? And so here we go. And when we're talking about this, I wanted this thought experiment, I want to build the ultimate motivated human being. And I was like, okay, what's, what's the first ingredient? They need this P, they need purpose. Okay, so for example, one of the lies in mindset, I talk about the seven lies to learning and human potential. And these are seven common lies that, that globally, the majority of the people accept. And this conversation really is about transcending, ending the trance, ending this mass hypnosis, these lies we tell ourselves. And a lie is an acronym. You notice everybody always knows that I alliterate everything. It's like three M's, four E, four E I's, you know, everything stands for something mnemonics because it makes it memorable. It makes it spreadable. Right. Yep. And so uh, the lie stands for limited idea entertained. These aren't necessarily the truth, but it's not really necessarily true that you are stupid. It's not necessarily true that you're too old. It's not necessarily true that you don't X. Right. But it's a limited idea you're entertaining. You're giving energy to right? And for me, it's not even about the truth. It's like, it, does this idea serve me for my goals or does it take me or detract me away? And so one of the lies around um, like, you know, just learning in general is things like this out of the seven are things like you use 10% of your brain, right? But I, that makes it feel like it's fixed. And so in actuality, we use 100% of our brain, right? And, and, and just like we use 100% of our body, Right? Most of us use most, you know, all of our body. It's just some people are just more physically fit and they're much more efficient, right? And so if they come up with challenges and they have to go on a hike, then they could, they could do it rather than somebody who uses still all their body, but not quite the same level of, of, of capabilities, right? Same thing with mental. And so one of the lies around motivation that we, we eliminate is that you have to enjoy that thing. 
Meaning that I was like, because I asked myself the question, I was like, okay, if someone's motivated, do they have to enjoy that activity all the time? And I was like, no, I, I know a number of people in my life who work out every morning at 4.30 and you ask them if they, if they enjoy it and they're like, no, I hate working out. You know, but they, they are clearly motivated to do that every single day by their actions. And so I'm not saying don't bring, I'm saying, yeah, bring joy to that activity. If you, if you don't like sales, yeah, find the, you know, if you don't love it, you know, find the love in what you do, right? You know, bring joy to it. Like for me, I take, you know, as part of my morning routine, and I, I think habits are very important, that I feel like the, the treasure everyone seeks is hidden in our, our daily routines, that you all, you've, we've all heard that if you want to win the day, you got to win the first hour of the day, and first you create your habits, then your habits create you, right? Yeah. So I talk about, you know, how to create habits and routines, but part of my morning routine is I take a cold shower every single morning, and Truth be told, I live in the Northeast. I grew up in the Northeast. I don't like the cold. I, I really despise the cold, but I still do it. I, I take, people see me on Instagram taking these five minute ice baths. It's just like all ice, but I, I, I don't love it, but I have a purpose. And that's what the yes. P stands for. You need a clear, compelling purpose. And I'm not just, I'm not talking about your life purpose, although I talk about that in the chapter on purpose. But I'm talking about having a reason, going back to what we talked yeah, about, yeah. a reason for remembering names, a reason to work out. And, and not just the pleasure, but the pain of who are you letting down if you don't do these things, mm -hmm. right? So for me, I take the cold shower because I know it, it makes me healthier. I know it helps reset my nervous system and lowers inflammation in my body. I also think it's very important to train yourself to be able to do uncomfortable things, right? To build grit. Right, and, and something simple as taking a cold shower, cold, hot, cold, hot, you know, you could alternate and stuff, which is good for your skin and uh, so many other benefits for it. It's getting myself used to doing difficult things. So when I get uncomfortable, you know, having that conversation with somebody that I need to fire or, or getting on stage, that more of that grit shows up because how we do anything is how we do everything. And so motivation, again, a lie is that you have to enjoy it. I say, fine, find the joy. Like actually, when I'm in the ice bath, about a minute into it, you know, I, I, I'm like, wow, I'm training with, I actually feel good. I actually feel warm. And I yeah. like, I feel, I mean, everyone feels great after the workout. So focus on that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the P stands for purpose. And we have strategies for being able to tap that. Now I went into my thought experiment. I'm saying, okay, we're building the ultimate human, you know, motivated person on, on the planet earth. They have a big enough purpose. Are they always motivated hundred percent of the time? And I was like, no, there, there case, there's a case where they won't be motivated. And that's if they lack the E. The E stands for energy. So let's go back to working out again. Somebody can have the purpose. They can know why it's important to be healthy and to be fit. And how, uh, you know, how it's, you know, Dr. Amen talks about that, you know, when people gain weight, the brain actually shrinks and they know all that stuff intellectually. And so they, they feel it also, but they might not act on it because the past two nights they didn't sleep. They have a newborn or they're on social media seeing all the latest numbers of, of all this stuff that's going on and it, that anxiety makes it hard to sleep and they went two days without sleep. So they're not motivated to work out because they lack the energy, right? And so we do a whole chapter on purpose and, and we do a whole chapter on optimizing your mental vitality and you know all the things that optimize your sleep and everything. And then my mind went out and said, okay, somebody, this ultimate human being that's motivated all the time without exception, they have purpose and they feel it and they have unlimited amount of energy. Are they always gonna do that thing? And I said, no, there's, there's another exception. That's if that thing is too big or intimidating or confusing. 
It's unclear. You know, you, and you, you must hear this, Tom, like where people say like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a multi-million dollar real estate business, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or people say like, oh, I'm going to have the perfect body. I want to meet my, my soulmate and live happily ever after. Those are way too big, right? So S3, the final part of the formula stands for small, simple step, small, simple step. And so the question I ask myself is, what is the smallest action I could take to make progress towards this goal where I cannot fail? What is the smallest action I could take where it gives me progress towards this goal where I cannot fail? And really what we're talking about motivation, it's all about energy management, about, you know, vitality management. You know, having a purpose gives you energy, right? You know, having eating the right foods and, you know, sleep and stress management and being eliminating, you know, like reducing your exposure to energy vampires and having a clean environment, they all give you energy, right? And a small, simple step requires very little energy, very little effort. And, you know, there I go into a whole section on habit design and I quote people I've had on my podcast, people like James Clear who wrote Atomic Habits, you know, people like Dr. BJ Fogg who runs Stanford University, behavioral, you know, psychology and, and practices there. And we talk about the smallest simple step. Like maybe it's not, you know, doing a, an hour workout. Maybe it's getting you on your running shoes. Maybe it's, maybe it's not reading 45 minutes a day because you want to read a book a week. Maybe it's just opening up the book. That's a small, simple step or reading one sentence. Yep, you know, yep. the example BJ Fogg uses flossing one tooth, right? Because nobody's going to stop at one tooth, right? And so the idea is small, simple step. And for me, the idea to get over motivate, motivate, like challenges and motivation or procrastination is first of all, make sure it's not a mindset issue because some people procrastinate because they don't believe it's possible. They don't believe they deserve it. But if they got that mindset limitless, then focus on the three areas. Are you feeling the purpose around this activity? Because maybe it's not, there's no reason to do that activity if you can't, if you can't come up with a reason. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's your energy levels. Maybe you have to optimize some area of your energy or maybe you got to break it down. You can't, you know, inch by inch, it's a cinch. Yard by yard, it's too hard. I love it. I love it. So that's motivation. And then the third part of the Venn diagram, you have mindset, you have motivation. The third circle are the methods. And this is the actual process where mindset is what's possible and motivation's purpose and methods are the process itself. And so we have five chapters under methods on accelerated learning, because I think if there's a skill to master in the 21st century, is your ability to learn faster. That if there was a genie that could grant you any one wish and there was only one wish, everyone would ask for infinite wishes, right? But what would the equivalent, if I was your learning genie and I could help you master any one subject or any one skill, what would be the equivalent of asking for millions of wishes or infinite wishes? It'd be mastering the art of learning how to learn because yes. then you can grant your own learning wishes. You could apply that towards money, math, Mandarin, music, martial arts, you know, management, marketing, anything gets easier after that. And so in this chapter, we do five, uh, in this section on methods, we do the five superpowers. And so we do a whole chapter on focus because everybody needs better focus in a world full of distraction. We show people how to unlimit their study habits, which is for anybody, whether you're a student or you want to be top of the class in your expertise and learn because the world is changing. I mean, how much do we have to retool right now? you know, in in terms of industries and keep up with what's going on and be able to to forecast. So study, and then we do one on memory. The largest chapter again is memory. And then the final two chapters in methods, speed reading, 
because I do believe leaders are readers. You know, somebody's written, written four books, right? And like yourself, you have decades of experience. If somebody sit down in a handful of days and read it, they could download decades in the days. Plus right. reading is such a great exercise. I did that Insta story with Will Smith. And it, we were like, I was like, what are the two things you do to keep your mind strong? He was like, I do two things. I run and I read. I do something physical every day. And I, because reading is to your mind what exercise is to your body. It's amazing exercise. And then finally, the last chapter of methods are critical thinking skills. And that's really, it's, it's, it's the most underrated chapter. I think that chapter alone is worth the price of the book because our wealth comes from our ability to make good decisions, to be able to solve problems, to be a good critical thinker. But the challenges with technology, our ability to analyze, even children right now, they're not, they're not rating really well on analytical ability because if you have technology to tell you when and where to do everything, it's like we don't have to think for ourselves. And so no one's taught us how to do those things. So that's why we talk about that. Now here's, here's the aha. Now that you have this Venn diagram of mindset, motivation, and methods. So here's the magic here. Where mindset crosses over with motivation, that's inspiration. All right, I'm gonna give you three eyes, three eyes. It's gonna go four eyes, actually. So that's inspiration. When you have the right mindset and you're motivated, you have inspiration. And there are mindset speakers and there are mindset books, a great book out there. Uh, mindset by Carol Dweck and their motivational speakers and motivational books where they cross over you have inspiration and they're inspirational speakers inspirational books inspirational movies right because they've tapped this mindset of changing the way we see the world and we're just like motivated right so that's inspiration where mindset crosses over with methods that's ideation mindset is it's, it's in your head and method is you know what to do in your head but you're lacking the, the motivation, so that's ideation. And finally, where motivation crosses over with methods, you have purpose, you have drive, you have energy, and you know what to do, methods, that is implementation. Implementation. Now, but you could still be stuck in that box in whatever area we're struggling with, that we feel like we're held back, because you're only gonna be able to implement as much as you believe you're capable of, or what you believe is possible, or what you believe you deserve. So you could still be stuck in that box. So those are the three forces, the three dimensions that keep you in that box. So this book really is, I introduced a new term called unlimiting. Unlimiting is the active process of removing limits in our life. Because here's the truth, limits are learned. Like I wasn't born with this belief that I was broken, right? That when I was nine years old, teacher pointed to me, I was holding back the whole class, said that's the boy with the broken brain, right? And so, you know, these limits were learned through expectations, through experience, you know, through our environment. And the thing is, is checking in when we're talking about the five C's, clear, you know, getting clarity is like, are these true or not? And, or are they BS? You know, are they belief systems? You know, these limited ideas that we're entertaining. Now, we're all three M's, mindset, motivation, and methods, or all three I's, inspiration, ideation, and implementation, where they cross over right in the middle. That sweet spot is integration. The fourth I is integration. And just like, like integral, is whole. That's where you're whole. That's, that's where it is just who you are. That's your identity. That spot is a limitless state. 
And that's the promise of the book. When you come out of this by going through this process, I give you the tools to unlimit your mindset of what you believe you as possible, what you believe you deserve, what you believe is the truth and how learning and the, your brain works. And we unlimit your motivation. So you have this surge of purpose, the surge of energy, and you break things down to small, simple steps. And we give you many examples. And in the methods, we unlimited. And really what we're doing with methods is updating it. Like in memory, the old method is, wrote repetition, just repeating something over and over again in your head. Or an old limit in reading is sub-vocalization, saying all the words while you read, and then your reading speed is limited to your talking speed, but not your thinking speed. I know a lot of people right now are listening to this at, at 2x or 3x right. on the thing because they can understand that fast, but nobody could talk that fast. But that's that, that was an old method. So how do you, and that's the same thing in business. Some people could have the un, you know, unlimited, they have limitless mindset of what they're capable, you know, with your clients and your students, they could have motivation or energy and they know it, but the methods they're using before they met you is like the old, old school stuff. That's just not, that doesn't work today, you know, in, in the modern world with what's going on in today's world. So I love the way you're constantly upgrading people's skills and capabilities and their distinctions. And that, that's really the, what it means to be become limitless, those three areas. It's not where you're shrinking your dreams to meet this current situation. No. It's where you're expanding your mindset, your motivation, and your methodology to be able to meet those dreams, to meet your destiny. Jim, I have to tell you, like, you are one of the most extraordinary human beings I know. And I know a lot of very cool people. Doing a podcast with you is like going to a seminar and I'm, I'm taking more notes than anyone else right now. Like, I mean, I'm watching, you know, my team, one who is remote, uh, Tristan, who is, you know, six feet away and, and we're all soaking all this in as I know the listeners are. So I want to remind everybody buy five books, send that email to my assistant, Ruby Sabile. That's R S A B I L E at tomferry.com. And then we're going to invite you to a private Q&A session with you and everyone else that takes advantage of this. Um, cannot stress you enough, get them on Amazon, get them anywhere you want, but then just email that, uh, email that to Ruby. And if you, if you found this to be powerful, just wait till you can ask him questions one-on-one -on -one and say, hey, here is my limiting belief. How do I deal with it? Here is the limitation I have. Jim, what do you recommend? So, so listen, my friend, again, I, you know, Every time I, every chance I get to be with you, I learn something, I'm writing notes. I've got so many things that I want to go back to. Um, but I just want to say thank you, man. And, and in these, yeah, in these, in these times, yeah, in these times we need people like you. Thank you. That means everything. Can I give everybody a challenge that they could do right now? Please. Um, besides going, we, we set up a number of, of pre-order bonuses at limitlessbook.com. And so you can get more information, watch videos there and, uh, and redeem those bonuses as well at, at the speed reading course and everything to help you to read it. So then when we do our private ones and those five books mean a lot to me because really this book is about getting your power back. And when you give yeah. this book to your team or you give this book to you, someone in your family or friends, it's reminding them that, that, that we are more powerful than, than the environment is telling us. And so I really appreciate that. And I would challenge everybody who's watching this to take a screenshot of this conversation, this episode, tag Tom, tag myself on social media. I'm yeah. at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, and share your big aha. 
one of the ways to become more limitless, to be a limitless learner is teaching other people, right? And we talked about this, you learn so you can earn so you can return. And we're giving away like our author proceeds during this pre-launch to build schools again, to fund Alzheimer's research. But one of the ways you can return is by sharing it with other people. So take a screenshot and share one idea you got out of this conversation. Maybe you had three pages of notes, but just the one thing that you feel like is a big takeaway, tag us on it so we see it. I'll repost some of my favorites as always, and, um, and I'll actually gift a signed copy to, to one, of, uh, one of our listeners right now. Oh, I love it. I appreciate that. Well, listen, my friends, I know uh, we're, we're both jamming on this, uh, this crazy Friday. As always, blessings to you, and thank you so much for doing what you're doing. And telling you, my friends, buy five books, buy 50 books. Give them to everyone you know, because coming out of this now more than ever, the ability to remove those limitations is going to be the thing. It's going to be the superpower, uh, the superpower, and Jim's helping us do it. So, Jim, thank you again, my friend, and I'll look forward to seeing you soon on another podcast or hopefully another event right away. Take care, everybody. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again, and talk to you soon.